Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Taylor's team won, hey? Taylor won this. Yeah, this... Taylor's team. They did indeed. Yeah, because Makundi was saying this team, that team. I said, Makundi, which one does Taylor play for? So she, she, he said, what was, what's the answer to that, Makund? Who does she, who does she play for? Chiefs. The Chiefs. And they won. So yeah, it was the go. Chiefs. It was the Chiefs versus the 49ers. Because I know you're a massive, massive, massive sports fan. So. Massive sports fan. Huge. Yes. Huge. <laughs> you know what? Just tell me. Taylor won, and that was that. And then we are fine. Okay, let's talk about the uh, adverts. Now it's always a big discussion: the commercials for the uh, for the Super Bowl. Tell us about this year. Um, absolutely. So, I mean, so there's there's a reason that the the Super Bowl ads are always highlighted as sort of like massive. They always get the the most budget. I mean, there's a reason that a single thirty second ad costs seven million dollars to flight. Never mind um, actually produce. And that's the like. You know, the previous ones of Kendall Jenner, and they have the likes of uh, David Beckham, uh, Ronaldo. So they've always used very high profile. This year, Jennifer Anderson, very very high profile. Um, individuals because the the viewership of the Super Bowl is over a hundred million people, which is massive. It's basically the biggest sporting event, like in terms of viewership mm. and, um, and 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 gain and also excitement in the US. It's like a religion. Yes. So therefore, um, if you can get a Super Bowl spot, it's seen to be sort of a premier spot, and they all all the brands go all out when they actually trying to do it. Um, so yeah, so this year um, again, and also the whole thing about sport is that sport unites. So no matter what people's differences are, no matter their cultural, their language, religious, their race beliefs, um, the power of sport has the ability to unite people and to create the, a sort of a sense of camaraderie and the human spirit. And that is what brands take advantage of—that feel-good factor. Um, so yeah, so that is why the Super Bowl is such a massive, massive. Um, sort of focus point for big brands and big and, and, and it is so funny uh, Kim just saying well, one of our listeners saying that it's been an unbelievable way to get people around the world to watch an American sport that actually nobody cares about yep <laughs> well the Americans care a lot yes I mean besides um, America no and there are no a few of them I get no that one, uh, but no one outside of America cares no, no one else cares because no one else knows what, how it's played, why it's exactly. played, why they all bash into each other. And exactly. like it's a, they should play a proper game like rugby. Yeah, 100%, so. a man's game. <laughs> so, okay, let's now talk about the adverts. We saw one for anti-Semitism. We saw one about the hostages. Is this common to use the this time and the space for these types of motivated uh, campaigns so actually no it's not common um, I think that and to use that wonderful term that we're sitting with is unprecedented I think Ooh. we're living in unprecedented times yes, I know I, heard, I know and um, I mean I think what's going on in terms of the rise of anti-semitism which is literally like reached global heights at I think I don't even think in the Holocaust globally mm, mm. those figures were even present, and I think it spread through the likes of I think what you're talking to Anthony Reich about about um, TikTok and the viewership and the ability to spread hate, to spread lies, to spread misinformation is so absolutely um, sort of glorified through the global context that it's not even hard to create so like false narratives and then put them into the media. 
So I think that when we're looking at a time where anti-Semitism in the right, like literally over a thousand percent in various places, if you look at the states, what's going on, you look at Australia, you look at what's happening on university campuses, that um, that it really, really does need attention. And I mean, so as you mentioned, so there, there, there are various sort of ones we have to talk about. So there are different adverts. So the one was fighting anti-Semitism. So that was actually created by an organization specifically created to combat anti-Semitism called the Foundation to Combat anti-Semitism and it also talks to general hate as well and that was um, done by the actual owner of the, the New England Patriots author a team Robert Kraft and um, I think it was a very very powerful ad I don't know if you saw the ad I did see it it's actually, interesting because I, I wasn't convinced I thought it blown away no I wasn't I, I thought it was nice I thought and, and and I like the simplicity of the message I did I did like that a little girl and her mom arrive home is this the one we're talking about and there has been an anti-semitic a swastika and some anti-semitic graffiti painted on their on their garage the mother puts the child in and drives away and then when they come back the neighbor who's been i don't know cleaning his car fixing his car whatever is is uh, still doing that the the garage door is now white repainted and on the boots of the neighbor you see paint so obviously and she kind of nods at him acknowledging thank you. that uh, yeah <laughs> that that he had done this so the message is very simple and powerful uh, I don't know why. Yeah, so that was one ad. That was a precursor ad. So that there was an additional ad, and ah. the ad actually, the, the the actual ad that flighted. So that was the pre-ad, mm. uh, but the actual ad that flighted during the Super Bowl um, was, and again, the, I think the the power was in the person who was in the ad. So the person who was in the ad featured is Clarence Jones, and he helped Martin Luther King Jr. Yes. draft his speech, "I Have a Dream." And um, this, the, the, and he starts talking, and he says, "What would I tell? Looking at the world, what would I tell my friends?" Oh no wonder Dr. I was King. so unmoved by right. that. It was because it wasn't yeah. all there. Okay, <laughs> right. Okay, exactly. good. What would I tell him to write? And it would, and it would be to stop hate. And then it also shows a, a Muslim woman and a Jewish man cleaning off. Um, it says, "I hate Muslims," and then something, someone else cleaning off, mm. "I hate Jews." Mm. And it's talking about all hate, but it says, "Stop anti-Semitism," and then it says, "Stop hate." So, ah, um, okay. I, so a, that, I actually think it's a, and I think because of the nature of who the individual is, mm. it's a very powerful ad. So you must go watch that. I will, because um, obviously he was wasn't in, he wasn't in the, that, uh, I didn't realize I was watching the precursor. And in fact, it didn't really make mm -hmm. sense because it almost, like, why did they drive away and come back? Like, like it just didn't, it, the advert didn't so, quite oh. make sense. All right, so I think it's because the, the mother was taking the daughter out and they were leaving the house to go, obviously, to wherever she needed to go. Mm. And then the daughter sees this hate on her garage door as they're leaving the house. And then, obviously, on the return, and they, they see that you see the neighbor who's fixing his car. Yes, and right. Then on okay. the return, on their return from whatever trip yes. they come, and the mother's probably dreading like driving into a driver and seeing that again. And then she's saved by the neighbor who, out of the goodness of his heart and out of the kindness, has gone and, and, and mostly to protect the child from the hate. Mm, I think that's mm. what the message is as okay, well. Okay, beautiful. As you see the paint yes. on his feet, which I think is a beautiful message. What was the um, reaction? Then, was there, a, sorry, first tell us about uh, everything that aired and then, then we can... So mm. then the, so that was that. So then the Israeli government also didn't actually air these ads, but they were precursor to the, the, um, the actual game. Because again, there's so much media and so much hype that goes into the Super Bowl. I mean, even Taylor Swift getting there on time was massive. I mean, it was headlines <laughs> everywhere. Um, 
Um, outrageous. Anyways, um, so they, they created a media campaign on billboards, through radio, through um, actually, and streamed it through Paramount, who was responsible for streaming the actual game, the ads that said return the hostages. And it says in a, ga- in a, in a stadium full of loud voices and screams, the silence is deafening. Um, but that wow. no one remembers the 136 hostages. Wow. Brilliant ad. Brilliant. And Absolutely. then the other one, yeah, and then the other ad was talking about the fathers. So it also it shows that it starts with football and it shows, you know, like men are so into their football to all the fathers. And it, it actually almost goes back to the Nike ad, to the crazy ones. And it says to the mm, to the mm. crazy ones, to the fun ones. And it shows a father coming down a fluffy slide and, to, and the one playing with his baby. And it really shows the, the humanity of, the, of these people. And then it turns out that the, it says bring home the dads. It turns out that all the people featured in the ad, mm. all, all the dads. Yeah. Wow. Through all dad things, all human day, every activities are the hostages that are taken and that need to be returned. Wow. So it really cuts to the heart of humanity, to the heart of compassion, to again to the, the whole thing of sport bringing people together regardless of culture, religion, um, all of those beliefs and values. And it makes you say, it actually sort of brings a message that no matter what your religious beliefs, no matter what your political beliefs, your cultural aims, whatever it may be, you cannot deny that humans are suffering and that they need to be returned because they're just human and i think that is the key message and and the and also what sports supposed to be doing is unifying mm, humankind mm, so i think that really is is, is kind of the, the messaging that came out and i do think it's a great platform and i don't think it has been used before but i just think in terms of the hate and also the fact that um the message of the hostages has almost been lost throughout the war because people who've been protesting in countries and australia and new zealand and all and in multitude of countries who they they actually um, interview those protesters and they don't even know that they're hostages. They know why they're protesting in terms of the cause of the war, but they don't know that people have been taken. They don't know that to over 260 people were taken from their homes, that people were shot, that people were raped, that were murdered. I mean, when you actually look at the plight of the hostages, I mean, I don't even know if you saw, but there's a report of a 13-year-old girl who had to have mm, an abortion. Mm, so it's mm. to say, don't forget these hostages and what they've been through, and don't forget the ones still left who still need to be saved, and the world has forgotten about them. The 40 girls that now that got taken by Boko Haram in Nigeria there was a massive, massive. global campaign yeah, Michelle yeah. Obama came out for 40 girls until they were returned bring home our girls all the celebrities were on the red carpet shouting and screaming and they I think the message of these campaigns is to say why is the world deaf where brilliant. your screams are deaf absolutely where, where is the shouting where is the outrage absolutely incredible and, and I think that is the major major message and I do think it's a very very strong and very powerful platform to connect it to the well it's probably world. one of the the the, the most formidable uh, platforms in the world and especially because families are watching and people uh, are watching in a very relaxed sort of a way it's not as though they're watching something political so only some parts of the family are watching it it's it's uh, as you said uh, when we started it's almost become a religion it's part of american society therefore it is it everybody is open to seeing what's there Absolutely. And they're receptive to it because they're in that, as you say, literally in that zone where they're with their family and they're being entertained. So they're waiting to see sort of what the next, and again, the ads are so well known to be entertaining and always the best of the best. So I think people are actually waiting. People don't switch off the ads. They wait to see what the ads are because they talked about for months and months and even years later. In fact, still brought up like the Budweiser ads, mm, et cetera. Mm, and, mm. and that's, 
that's the context that has been brought in to that into the mass and popular culture for people who are missing the message, for people who are not seeing the absolute devastation that was caused and the horrors that those people are enduring in caves and I mean underground and in cages. So I think that message so, came across. Yeah, very so, so, so were there more people watching that than the Palestinian solidarity match in Cape Town? It is quite likely that over 100 million people is more than that, yes. <laughs> right, okay. Now, I was just it wondering, because I've likely. got photos here, and the stadium in Cape Town looks pretty empty, I wonder. Um, well, I suppose they didn't get much of a Jewish audience. But uh, but there you have it. That is where we leave it, Dina Diamond. <laughs> thank you. As always, awesome to chat to you. It is 8.50. I'm Howard Feldman. Good morning.